Yes, of course, we're also very um, blessed to have Petey with us today. Petey van der Westhuizen, I think a lot of you know him. He's got um, Rise on Fire, so he will be, will be sharing a bit with us today as well. He's he flown in from um, Johannesburg to come and be with us. We're very blessed with that. Thank you for your time and for being here. Yes, I was just showing he's also an engaged man now. So, um, so we're looking forward to... <laughs> he's becoming a man now. He's going to learn a lot about life. And I'm sure his, his teachings and the great work that he's doing is going to mature in a big way as well with that. So we're really looking forward to that. So thank you for being here. Um, he's going to share a bit about, he just came back from America about a week ago, so he'll share about that. Shalom, shalom. Now, Father, Spirit of God, Lord, we just invite you into this place. Father, just come, Lord, with your spirit, Lord. If your spirit isn't here, Lord, what would we do? Come, Lord. Father, we just invite you in right now. God, Lord, let every word that is spoken by everyone today, Lord, let it fall on good ears and good ground, Lord, and let every word proceed from your throne, Father. We give you all authority in this place, and because you have authority, the enemy has none, and we proclaim that right now. God, I just thank you, Lord, Father, as we're going to read about the sacrifices, you're going to teach us about the deeper meaning about this thing, Father. Lord, we don't get stuck in the physical, Father, but help us to show, Lord, what you want to speak to, speak to us about in the, in the spiritual Lord, and we just lift this up to you right now in the name of Yeshua. Amen. All right. Shalom. So I'm so excited and honored to be here with you guys today. Uh, I, I recognize some of your faces. I was here in December with the Identity Conference. So thank you so much, Tian, for the invite and everyone who was involved in the organ- organizing of this. I'm so um, humbled by that. What I'd like us to do is open up in Leviticus 9 verse 1. And we're going to be reading the Torah portion from there. All right, so where we are, and we know we all know the book of Leviticus, and I don't know about you guys, but when I was before I came to the revelation or the understanding that there's so much more to the Torah than I ever realized, Leviticus was this book that was like, we don't want to go there, we don't want to talk about it because it's boring. It's there's nothing of you know that, that's applicable today for us anymore. You know that was my thought until I started diving in. I'm sure a lot of you guys have been diving into maybe some of the books in our Torah and realizing the same thing. And so today we're going to be talking about the sacrifices, which is one of the most the deepest and probably the most complex pieces in all the world. Because it's, 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 it really requires us to sit down and read. It's, you know, we as humans, we like to get, well, as 21st century humans especially, we like to get everything fast and quick. We want a quick 10-minute video. We want to, you know, whatever. But the Father gave us these instructions with the intent to see, are we going to sit down with this and really study it? So Leviticus 9 verse 1. And on the eighth day, it came to be that Moshe called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said to Aaron, Take for yourself a young bull as a sin offering and a ram as a sinning offering, a perfect one, and bring them before Yahweh. And speak to the children of Israel, saying, Take a male goat as a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both year old, perfect ones, as an ascending offering, and a bull and a ram as peace offerings to slaughter before Yahweh, and a grain offering mixed with oil, for today Yahweh shall appear to you. And they took what Moshe commanded them before the tent of appointment. And all the congregation drew near and stood before Yahweh. And Moses said, This is the word which Yahweh commanded you to do, so that, he, so that the esteem of Yahweh appears to you. And Moshe said to Aaron, Go to the slaughter place and prepare your sin offering and your sinning offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people. And make an offering 
uh, of the people and make atonement for them as Yahweh has commanded. Now verse 8, so Aaron, so everything comes down to what we're about to read. And so Aaron came near to the slaughter place and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the slaughter place and poured the blood at the base of the slaughter place. Now, if we go into the Hebrew and we look at what the word horns is, it's really, it can represent strength and authority. Now, why did God tell Aaron to take the blood and put it on the horn? You know, I want us to start connecting this with Yeshua and his crucifixion because all of this is, of course, a parallel of that sacrifice there. So when Yeshua was on, was, was on the way to the cross, well, they gave him a, a crown of thorns with, with, with thorns on it. And with that is that representation of the, the king of Israel, the king of the Jews, as they called him. And with that, it's a representation of his authority and his kingship that even those who put him on the cross um, placed on him. And then further, the next thing that happened is we see that the blood was poured out at the base of the altar. Now, as Yeshua was on that cross, they struck him in his side, right? And the blood came pouring out of his side onto the, at, the, at the base of the altar, if you will. And, but it's interesting because why in his side? What's the significance of that? I don't know if you guys recall the story of, of Abraham and, and the servant that he sent to find a wife for Isaac. The same thing was, was done where a vow was made when he put his hand on the side. And so the same thing happened on that cross. Yeshua came with the main primary goal of restoring relationship with his bride, with his people. And so that broken relationship that we had with God, where we were divorced from him and far off, he came to restore. And when he was on the cross and we, the people, struck him in his side, the vow was made by the blood. The blood was poured out and that covenant was made. And so then now we see the father, what he, he, he makes the covenant, he makes the sacrifice, but then he requires of us the same thing. You know, many times we've thought, oh, you know, Yeshua did it all for us. We don't need to do anything. No, it's, it's, it's a huge deception. We need to do the same. We need to sacrifice too. Everything that we have, we, we have to put on a cross too. So if we read on in verse 10, now he goes more specifically and he talks about what is, what is to be burned up, what is exactly to be sacrificed of this sacrifice. Uh, verse 10, and the fat... And the kidneys and the appendage of the liver of the sin offering he burned on the slaughter place as Yahweh had come out of Moses. It's interesting. Why did the, what is the significance here? We have the fat, we have the kidneys, we've got the liver. And all of this is, is, is sacrificed there. So now, if we go into the Hebrew and we look at what these words really mean, there's something amazing that I want you guys to see. So the fat, if, if, if you've ever heard of the, the, the term the fat of the land, even in Genesis we read about the fat of the land. We, so fat is really represents the choice part, the best part. And we even read in uh, Genesis 41, 18, how, you know, the, when, how they talk about the cows that were fat. Those were the beautiful cows. So when, you have, when we speak about fat, we're talking about the best of the best, something of real value. And of course, we know that Yeshua was that. He was the best of the best, the perfect sacrifice of real value for us. And then in the kidneys, the next one that's listed, in Hebrew, it's the kilyo. 
And it, and it, it can also actually mean, funny enough, it can mean the mind. It's the same word can be used for a mind. And so in the same way, we, you, you, you guys may have remember when Yeshua was there, he said, Father, let not my will be done, but let your will be done. And in the same way, the Father requires of us to do the same thing, where he not only sacrificed himself as the choice part and everything that he had, the best of the best, everything that Yeshua had went on that cross. Not only that, but his mind had to be submitted unto God too. His mind had to be sacrificed too. Because if his mind wasn't sacrificed, he would have never gotten there. He would have never done it because fear, because the enemy, because lies. But see, if, you're, if your mind is sacrificed and on the altar, even before you get to the cross, it's not going to be an issue to get on the cross or put whatever else on from your life. Anything on your life that's got a hold on you. And then the last one is the lover. In Hebrew, it's the kabade. And it can really it can mean heaviness too. It can mean a burden. And in the same way, of course, when we think about the burden that Yeshua carried, it's the burden of sin. And so, now, so we see then, therefore, these three things. We have the best of the best that Yeshua brought up, took up there, the fat. We have the mind which is with the kidneys, as well as the sin. And if you think about it, the mind, what does the mind do? It it filters, right? The mind filters what we receive. The same thing that the kidneys and the body even do. It filters. And then we have the the heaviness or that, you know, with with the sin. And really, when we took a look at our heart, that's where sin comes, where sin goes to lie at the end of the day. It's really, so really we're seeing a pattern because we're seeing that, First, the father says, so the best of the best, the fat, it goes on the altar. Okay. Next up, we have our mind that goes on the altar. Now, get this, guys. If you put the best of the best, if, you're, if you like your car, if you, if you love your wife, if you lo- whatever you love in this world, if that's not sacrificed to God, your mind is going to stand in the way when something happens. When the 12 spies were sent out and the 10 came with a bad report, you know, they chickened out. They said, no, 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 there's giants in the land. We can't go there. But the two, what did they say? No, we can do this. God is with us. Honestly, how did they do that? They, were, they have sacrificed their family already unto God. They've given it to God already. They already knew. The rest of the people were like, no, our, what about our families? What about our children? You know, they're going to die if we go in there. But they had no trauma, the two that came back with, with the good report, because they believed, they knew that God was the one who's been keep looking after their families all along. They were never the providers. God has always been the provider. And so in the same way, if we have anything, including a family, uh, uh, your child, your, your whatever, if there's anything in your heart that you have not sacrificed on the cross to God, then when something happens and God pushes you or a trial comes, you're going to chicken out just like those who brought the bad report. And then lastly, and, and of course, when, when that happens, when, that, when our mind gets attacked with, you know, what about your child? What happens in the end is it produces sin in the heart. It produces sin. But if you can get, as we're sitting today, if we can come to this, the decision as we are sitting, that we, Lord, Lord, what is there in my life that I haven't put on the altar? What is there in my life? What fat is there? What is there that I consider the best of the best in my life? That I haven't put on the altar yet. 
And we need today, as we're sitting in it, guys, I'm serious, today, we need to go, we need to go and put that on the altar. Because then, when that trial comes, when that, and it will come, we've been talking about the trials that will one day hit us even worse. Today we're comfortable, but it's going to come. And when it comes, and you've not given your family up, if you've not given your house up, if you've not given everything up that you owe so dearly value in this world, you're not going to stand a chance. And so here the Father gives us in Leviticus of all places the formula to tell us that, listen, you need to give everything up because your mind is going to fail you. You're, if, if, if you need to think about it first, you're, you're, it's already too late. You needed to come to that place of sacrifice already before you need to even think about it. Because you don't need to think about anything that's God's. You don't need to think about your family if it's God's. If he's the one who's been caring for them. If you know that, you understand, you've given it to them. But if we give it to them today, now, here, in this life, and in the future, now, now and in the future, it's not going to be an issue so, in verse 11, we then further... So, this is all the things that were sacrificed um, um, in the camp, if you will, or, or on the altar. Verse 11, we read, this is outside the camp. And the flesh and the skin he burned with fire outside the camp. Now, we read in, Revela- we read in Revelation how God is going to give us a new body, a new um, vessel, and, but, but I want to submit to you this, that God, this, this flesh here, all of this, it's going to die. It's not going to be, it's not going up. We're, be, we're going to be giving a new body for the future. And so, that, but, but how does this happen in the spirit? You see, the answer is simply baptism. In baptism, or in the, or I, th- I think is going to share about that more, or in the mikvah as well, the Father calls us, to crucify our flesh and to bury it. The baptism pool is really a burial site for an old man. It's not a simple symbol or inauguration to some church or what many have made it out to be. If you think it's that, you've missed the point completely. Totally missed the point. Because baptism is a death of an old man. It's not just a little symbol. It is a spiritual, supernatural work of the Spirit of God that works in us and kills the old man, buries the old man and the, fl- the flesh. That is why we must get baptized. Yeshua said, I tell you that if one is not born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Because, guys... He's only giving new bodies to those who've sacrificed their own today, now, here. You're not going to be giving, you're not going to need a new body because you're going to still be in your flesh. He's only giving new bodies to those who have died here, who have buried their flesh in baptism, all the things, the old man in baptism. And then what happened? We are buried with him in baptism and we are raised as a new creation with him unto brand new life. That means that all things pass away and, 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 and the new come. And now, what did Yeshua do after the disciples and anyone gets baptized in, in the first century church? What was the next thing? Well, we see things such as th- those two words, those two amazing words of follow me. Where he, he, tells, he told the rich man, everything that you have, you need to go, you, go, give it away. Because he knew that that was his fat. 
He knew that that was his, his base of the base that he didn't want to give away. But Yeshua demands of us. He says, okay, so now you've been baptized. That was the first step. Well done. But now everything that you have, you go and you give away. You put on the altar. In verse 24, we then see something really interesting happen. Because we see the result of what God gives us a demonstration of what does happen when we do what I've been talking about, when we do do this sacrifice. And we read in nine, uh, Leviticus 9 verse 24, And fire came out from before Yahweh and consumed the ascending offering and the fat on the slaughter place, and all the people saw and cried aloud and fell to their faces. Now we have been called... To be a living sacrifice unto God. Where, and I want to submit to you that here he is talking about that living sacrifice. Where when we walk, and if you are truly sacrificed, where you have truly given everything to God, people are going to see it. And they're going to fall to their faces. And they're going to know who your God is. But see, why, don't, why are we afraid of praying for someone who's in our workplace? Why are we afraid of proclaiming his name when everyone else is quiet. Because we haven't made the sacrifice. We haven't died to ourselves. We're still holding on. We're saying, oh, we're, 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 like, we're like the, the um, Nabnab and Abihu. We did this thing halfway. We did this thing casually. Yeshua, just give me a little bit of you, but I'll get the rest tomorrow. Yeshua, I'll, put, I'll leave you on the cross. I'll get the rest of you tomorrow. I'm sorry, that's not what happened. They took him off the cross. Because he's not staying there. He came off the cross. And he died for you. And that means that now you're not going to keep, extend and delay this thing. Today you're going to make the decision, God, that every single part of my life I'm going to sacrifice. And I refuse to hold on to anything else anymore. And see, then our life becomes a burning sacrifice for a living sacrifice for the world to see and behold and fall on their face and come to repentance. And that's what happens. That's, you want to ask Peter, how do, you, how do we bring people to this? How do we bring people to these revelations? Well, first, die to yourself. Then we can talk about that. Because if you've died to yourself and you're bearing good fruit that comes only from dying to yourself, only then we can start talking about how we minister this because it becomes so easy. Because you just open your mouth and share it and they'll be drooling and, and, and they'll, they'll want it because they see it in your life. But if it's not evident in your life because you're a dead man and you're living for him, they're not going to want it. And so in, in Leviticus 10, we read about Nadab and Abihu. To just talk about further about the story, Leviticus 10 verse 1. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his fire holder and put fire in it. And put incense on it, and brought strange fire before Yahweh, which he had not commanded. Now, question, was, that, was it the fire that was the issue that they brought? Or was there something deeper going on? You see, when we look at the story of Cain and Abel, for example, where they both brought a sacrifice to God, we saw that Abel brought livestock, Cain brought um, uh, from the ground, plants and things. And father accepted Abel's, but not, he, he rejected Cain's. Why? Was, it, was God concerned with, with an animal or with the ground that they brought? Was that what it was about? No. He, God understood that it, the heart that you have is going to determine the sacrifice you bring. And see, it's not about 
the, the, the ground. We have the, we have the story of Yeshua. When his disciples are walking by the temple and they see the people coming to bring their offering to the temple, to the, to the gates. And there's this woman. And she, she, brings, she brings like half a shekel. There is a half a shekel. But, but, but Yeshua and the disciples, they see, and Yeshua's like, no, 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 I tell you this. Truly, I tell you that she's given more than everyone else. And so see, we see it's not about oh, the, physical, the physical sacrifice. That's not the point. It's about where is it coming from? And so in the same way, it's not about, oh, how much do you have to give to God? It's about where is it coming from? It's the heart behind it. And I'm not talking about the cliche, oh, it's all about the heart. We know that the heart can be deceitfully wicked above all things. But your heart is going to determine. Your heart is going to be the thing that God wants. God wants your heart. If you've given him your heart, the rest will follow. What is going to make us different from a Pharisee? Because, guys, we need to remember this. That when Yeshua was walking, the Levitical, the Levitical priesthood was, was, was an operation. But Yeshua had some bad things to say about that priesthood at the time. Because they were corrupt. Their ways were corrupt. Everything they did, they, they did the sacrifice, they did the rituals, they did all these things by the book, I'm sure. But they missed the whole point. Because they never gave their hearts with this thing. They never, they never sacrificed their lives for this thing. Yeah, they gave an animal here. They gave, but they, did they give their lives for this thing? No. That's why when Yeshua came to proclaim this message of give up everything if you want to follow me, that's when they got so upset. Because this message opposed it. Their agendas of let's get more, let's get more, let's do this, let's grow in this world. Yeshua says, I tell you, if you don't deny this world, you've got no inheritance, no part of me, got no place. And so I want to ask you the question, and we, as we're sitting here today, have we denied the world for him? Have we said, you know what, you know, you don't love him, you, and everyone, everyone, is, everyone is silent, no one wants to talk about him in your workplace or wherever you're at. Are you going to be the one to say, you know what, no, because I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right, we also have um, the, uh, in Leviticus 10 verse 9, the re- what I believe was the reason for, their, for, their, for the strange fire, if you will. Do not drink wine or strong drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tent of appointment, lest you die. A law forever throughout your generations. Now, that was the problem, is that whatever they did, they came and approached this sacrifice, this offering, casually. It's a casual thing. Oh, God is he's, he's, he's amazing and we fear him. Yeah, but we're casually going to approach this thing of offering everything we have, like I've been talking. And so because their hearts were in that, weren't there, their hearts were in the wrong place, they ended up drinking while doing it. Probably. In context, it really seems like. He's, because right after he's saying, don't drink, don't drink wine when you come to make the offering. And so really the point is, is when you come before God, how are you coming before Him? And with what are you coming in your hands? He's saying, listen, if you want to come before me, it's time to lay everything and all that down. It's time to take this seriously. And so that's what he says. And then we read something really funny that happens. Because Aaron says, Moses comes and, and, and opposes Aaron. Because obviously the fire comes down, he, it, it, it consumes Nadab and Abihu. 
And Aaron, the father, who is their father, I mean, man, his, his children just died. And he's destroyed inside. But then we see the falling happen. God says, don't, you're not allowed, you're a high priest. You can't tear your garments, in, which is what they did when they mourned. You can't mourn. Yeah, you, you, you're in this position right now, but you, 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 there's something that happened right now. I get it, but you need to do your duty right now. There's no time for this right now. Let Israel mourn for it, but you, you keep your pose because you have got something to do. Now, guys, just think about that. Let's just imagine me or Tian, God forbid, someone died and, and God says, you know what, Peter, you're not allowed, you must come and deliver this message. Even though someone close to me died. That's, what hap- that's similar to what has happened here. And then look at what Aaron says, Leviticus 10 verse 19. Because Moses now said, you need to, you need to, uh, you, you can't mourn. And you need to, and then there's a sacrifice that needs to be made and Aaron needs to partake in it. And then we read in 90, verse 19, Leviticus 10 verse 19. And Aaron said to Moses, see, today they have brought their sin offering and their sinning offering before Yahweh. And matters like these have come to me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would it have been right in the eyes of Yahweh? Now, it's a curious thing that he says. Because Moses is like, you need to do this. Why didn't you do this? And Aaron says, would it have been right for me to partake in this after what just happened? See, Aaron learned a lesson immediately after what happened with his children. The lesson of where their minds were, where their minds were on other things. Like we talked in the beginning, the positioning of our minds. They, Nadab and Abihu didn't sacrifice everything to God. So that means when that, the, the, the strong drink came, they had stand, stood no chance. And their mind chose the strong drink. And their mind was set on other things while they were supposed to be busy with the things of God. And Aaron realized the same. His mind was set on what just happened to his children. And so he realized, I can't partake in this. I can't do this right now. Would it, and he says, would it have been right in the eyes of Yahweh? Because my mind isn't here. But see, it says in, in Leviticus 10 verse 20, and when Moses heard it, it was good in his eyes. But this is the point. If you're not in this with everything you have, if your mind is not set on him in every situation, circumstance, no matter how bad it is, you cannot partake in the sacrifice. You cannot eat of it as Aaron, won, as Aaron had to. See, Aaron realized that he stood back and said, I can't. And the same way, if, our, if we have not laid everything down for him, we can't partake in the sacrifice of Yeshua. We can have no part in him. You see, brothers and sisters, it is unacceptable. Listen to me. It is absolutely unacceptable to still have one hand in the world and a hand on our Messiah. He will rip away from you. because he's, and, and you say, Petey, that's a bit harsh. I say that's exactly what he said when he was walking here. He told it to the rich man. He told it to his disciples. He told it to everyone who wanted to follow him. You want to follow me? Man, I sleep on the street. You can leave everything. Are you sure? And he set these conditions. He didn't make it easy. He didn't come and, 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 and tickle the ears to let people follow him. He said, you want to follow me? You're not, I don't, I'm not sure if you're ready, but if you are, lay everything down. And if you do, you can partake in my sacrifice. You can partake in what I did on that cross for you. Because see, he got struck on the cross. He died. And now today he says, 
I expect no less from you. You need to pick up your cross. You need to follow me. Whoever loves his mother, brother, sister, wife, family, anyone else, whoever does not hate them for my sake, can't be my disciple. You're not worthy to be my disciple. And he says, he, he talks about that. He says that, but the point is, is that if you have still got a hold on your family in, in comparison to him, you can't follow him. And see, we don't like to think about those words because it's hard. How can, it's, it's exactly what he told to Aaron. Aaron, you can't mourn right now. There's something bigger in the picture that you need to focus on. And so God He loves us. He understands us. He understands our heart and our love for families. He understands our heart and love for for all the things that we love. But no less, he calls us, when it comes to the things of God, to lay everything down and follow him. And so, brothers and sisters, when we do this and we start burning for him, you know, that's when the Holy Spirit really starts moving. That's when we really see the people around us, like I said, come to repentance. And we see the power of God. You know why Yeshua saw blind eyes open and death, people come, get raised from the dead? It's because of this thing we just talked about. He was so dead to himself that he didn't care about anything else. It was all about the person in front of him. And everyone else who was watching, he didn't care It's like, you know what's important right now is what my father wants to do for you right now. And I don't care if I look bad before others. I I believe this, that Yeshua was in such a place that even if the miracle didn't happen, he he wouldn't care. He would pray for every single time, even if the miracles never happened. Because he was so dead to himself. Because it wasn't about a miracle. And you know, we're always all about the miracles. And I love miracles. But oftentimes we're so all about the miracles that that's why we don't see them. Because we're not about him and we wouldn't pray if, if we weren't sure it's not going to happen or whatever the case is because we're not dead. We haven't sacrificed ourselves. We haven't made, put the fat on the altar. We haven't given him the best of the best. Now listen, if your car gets scratched, if, if whatever you love, if, if that's going to taint you, then you haven't sacrificed it yet. You say, Peter, that's a hard word. My car got scratched. I'm saying that because my car got scratched. I, I took my car for a car wash on Thursday. And my, and the, my car got scratched like really bad. And then when I got in my car and, and I realized it and they were all, everyone was gone and I realized I was like, I got so angry. Like, <laughs> like why did this happen? You see, no one was looking. No one saw me getting angry, but he saw. And he's like, Petey, why are you getting angry? And I realized in that moment, I didn't get something as simple as a car. It's a car. It doesn't matter. It's a materialistic thing. But see, I didn't sacrifice. I didn't give that up. I didn't sacrifice and put that on the altar yet. That's why when it happened, it, my mind was like, <gasps> and I got angry. You see, and this is why Yeshua didn't get angry. In that way. That's why his anger was only righteous. It was never, because that, the, the guy who scratched my car, he didn't, I had no right to be angry at him. It wasn't his fault. It was a mistake. See, righteous anger, yeah, that's from God. But anger and, and trauma and fear and all these things, oh, everything, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a consequence of this passage, of not Understanding this passage in Leviticus where we give everything for him. So Father, Lord, we just come before you right now, Lord. Lord, every one of us. And today, right now, I want you, as you're sitting here, I want you to think of 
uh, eyes closed, head bowed, I want you to think of, you know, what is there in your life? The Father's going to bring it to your mind right now. Holy Spirit, bring it to their mind right now. Anything in your life that you've put more value on than, the, than God, than what God has called you to, than, what, than, than, than the kingdom of God. And all, everything, all that right now, Father, we come and we bring before you. And we want to lay it on the altar right now. Father, we say, Lord, we don't want to hold on to it, Lord. We don't want to worry about it, Father. We know, Lord, that if you have our family, when you have everything that we have, and you, we are going to understand that you're the provider, you're the one who cares, you're the one. And so, Lord, we give it to you. And, Father, every part of us we give to you. And I thank you, Lord, Father. We just, Lord, we just speak, Lord, with that, Lord. We give our unforgiveness to you. Father, Lord, we speak to every heart right now. The Father is saying, there's a lot of you guys who've got a lot of heartache. And the Father is saying, I want you to give me that because you need to put that on the altar. And so, Father, Lord, right now, Lord, we give all, take all the heartache and all the hurt, Lord, from past marriages, divorce right now. I speak to that in the name of Yeshua. Father, Lord, I thank you, God. We take that right now and we put it on the altar. Father, every, every, every heart issue right now, all unforgiveness we put on the altar. Father, every disease, Lord, Lord, by your stripes we're healed. And so every disease in this room right now, we put on the altar. And we say, Father, we've been holding on to it. We've been going to doctors. We've been thinking we can solve it on ourselves. Father, we put it on the altar right now. And so, Father, we give it to you, Lord. I thank you, God, for freedom right now. We speak to every disease and sickness and pain right now. And we command it to go now in the name of Yeshua. Father, I thank you for freedom. Lord, I just pray, Lord, Lord, I just pray over this congregation, God, you would bless them and keep them, Father. You would shine your face upon them, lift up your countenance upon them. Lord, you, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Lord, I thank you, God, that, that you are one. There's no one else like you, Father. You're holy, you're righteous, you're set apart, Father. And Lord, help us, Father, to serve you with all our heart, strength, soul, mind, heart, everything we have, we give to you and we put it on the altar. The name is Yeshua. Amen. All right. Hey, cool guys. Thank you so much, man. God bless you. Um, Tiana is going to share the second portion from the Bread Hard Shah. Um, all right. Cool. Thank you.